Well, hello and welcome to Circle. Today, it's my privilege to be joined by our pastor couple, Pastor Eldon and Bev Bolt. Welcome here. Thank you. Thank you. It is great to have you guys. It's kind of a weird weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Very much so. It's your last weekend in this role. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Kind of weird. Yeah. uh, Weird feeling, but um, this is is, uh, the final part. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to take the time today to reminisce a little bit, to look at 30 years of history. I mean, wow, what a legacy. And it's been amazing 30 years. And I know it's been some high points and maybe some lower points. But uh, we're going to just ask you some questions and look at all of that history. So why don't we start with uh, what are your, some of your earliest memories of ministry mm-hmm. here at Circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the first part was just a feeling of being overwhelmed, like, Wow, um, you're counting on us. <laughs> it was kind of uh, overwhelming, but um, great people that supported us and allowed for some of our uh, mistakes and exuberance, mm-hmm. and we, we had a great beginning. Yeah. I don't think we knew how young we were. Hmm. No. We found out over time that we were way too young. <laughs> Oh, to be doing that, but uh, not at the time. God uses the young. Hmm. Oh, that's good. So when you look back at this time, as you reflect, who are some of your mentors or uh, people that helped you, supported or encouraged you in those early years? Uh, there weren't a, a lot of uh, hands-on local mentors because our, our vision and mandate was unique. Hmm. But we looked to people who were successful in other places, um, Willow Creek, Saddleback. Mm. Uh, these were cutting-edge churches that really loved people and loved to see others come to know Jesus. And so those were some of our um, early mentors yeah. and some of the books that we read. Yeah. Hmm. That is really cool. And it certainly has put a stamp in the city of being a church that leads in that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's exciting. Now, I have a question for Bev specifically. You've had the most behind-the-scenes look at Eldon at his time here at Circle. How have you seen Eldon grow over the years? Have you seen, how have you seen God at work in Eldon's mm-hmm. life? Well, that, that really has been a story all of its own. And like Eldon said, when we first came, we were very young, but we had such a deep um, drawing from God. He had spoke to both of us so mm. clearly to be here. And that was really the, the foundation of us even showing up and saying, we, presuming we could even do that. Mm. It was the, the strong, strong uh, direction that God gave us to be here. So when Eldon came, he was that is was his motivation. He had heard from God. Mm-hmm. He knew what God was asking him to do. And he was he, his his character and personality is so perseverant and so mm-hmm. reliable and dependable and faithful and trustworthy that um, I trusted what what God was doing, what what he, he wanted to do. And over the years, I could see how, how God was settling in on his spirit, growing him into a, a man of faith and of strength and of conviction hmm. and of, of compassion 
and empathy and apathy, he really defined a shepherd. Hmm. And it was so evident to me. And I was um, just really in awe of, of the type of shepherd that he was. And sometimes, especially back in the, the early 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever they were, um, you know, often lead pastors were expected to be very gregarious and very loud and very outgoing. And Eldon is not that style, but his soul is loud and gregarious, mm-hmm. and it, it speaks for itself. And um, I've just uh, grown, I've grown to trust God because of what I've seen him do in Eldon. Wow. I wasn't confident. Um, I, I can say that much. I think Bev believed more in me than I did. Hmm. So <clears throat> we were true partners in that she would talk me off a ledge many times. Is it, the job was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And Bev has a, an ability to hear God's voice. And when she spoke to me, it was like God speaking to me as well. And so I gained strength in this partnership. That's amazing. Wow, thank you for sharing that. You know, earlier you said we felt like we were too young, but the Mm -hmm. sense of call was so real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you can, wow, and then God transforming and growing in you and through you and speaking and using you both in this Mm -hmm. way. That's amazing. Wow. I guess I would ask the question out of that, what are some specific maybe lessons that God was teaching you along the way in in your ministry? Um, I think that I understood that we we were in the lineage of people of faith. Hmm. And so um, I had to um, learn the lessons of trusting God and the very early days, we were so financially strapped in this church. In fact, in my interview, they told me the debt load that we had and was that a concern. And I was too naive to really know that that should have been. And so we kind of learned to trust God, that he would be our provider. Um, at one point, uh, the bank called all of our loans and... Um, it was kind of a defining moment where I told the treasurer as I put the key up to the church on the desk, tell the bank to come and get the key and, and we'll move on. And we just trusted God that he would supply and he did. And within a couple of years, that debt was completely liquidated. And I realized it wasn't us. Mm-hmm. It was learning a legacy of faith, hmm. a rich Hmm. legacy mm-hmm. of faith. I often read the history of how we began and what the pastors had to do and what they believed. And we stood on the shoulders of people in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a great lesson. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I think one of the lessons, um, like, how long do we have? We, we could be here for days. <laughs> one, of the, 
we might have to write this down sometime. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think one of the things that stands out for me is that when we came here, because of that, that very clear, it was kind of a burning bush um, kind of moment for us, um, which is another long story, but it was what led us to knowing that we should be here. And me being young and naive and, and just so full of trust and faith in God, I somehow had this weird idea that because we are so in the center of God's will, he is going to bless and prosper and grow this church. Mm. And I didn't know it doesn't work that way. Mm. You can be in the center of God's will, but you are also in the bullseye of an enemy that cannot let it happen. Mm. And we came up against that. And, and the overall huge lesson, I think, that came out of like maybe a decade of that type of, uh, of struggle is that we, we, we live for that audience of one. Hmm. It, we answer to him and we answer to his call and we do our best every single day for, to fulfill that call and the rest can't rule. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I want to just encourage you as, as you see this, as, as this is your last weekend in this role, that you have left the legacy just like the legacy that you picked up, Pastor Eldon, when you came in, that is strong and, and firm in foundation. And it leaves the next generation in really good hands because of your faithfulness to the calling and to the audience of one, mm -hmm. of living for God and being faithful to your vision and to the call that God has placed in your heart mm -hmm. for this place locally. So I'm so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Now, I see the emotion, and I don't know if the camera is picking it up coming through as you share these stories. And, and I mean, I know that you wear your heart on your sleeve. And, and I have some great moments in staff meetings where we will be talking about things. And you'll begin to smirk a little bit. And I know there's a great story coming up. And I love hearing those stories. And it gives us such a great insight. And we have such a great camaraderie on our staff. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that so much about you. But I, what I'm going to do, actually, is I'm going to ask, Bev, the question uh -oh. here. Uh oh. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh, so we often refer to you guys as a lead couple because mm -hmm. it takes a team, as you said, it takes a right. team to to be a lead pastor couple here at Circle. And um, I want to kind of find out from Bev first. But what are some of your favorite moments here at Circle? What are your, some of your favorite stories or um, things that have happened? Mm -hmm. Boy, I'll, I'll think of the best ones after we're done here. In a day or two, I'll think of the, the Isn't best ones. Isn't that always ones. the way? Yeah. <laughs> but there, there, there are many. Um, we had some, oh, did we have some fun around here. Um, particularly, and most of my fondest memories really revolve around um, having our children and being part of ministries that involved our children, mm. where it wasn't just Ellen on the platform, but we could, we could uh, kind of be a family doing things. And of course, one of the things that really comes to mind uh, during their growing up years was when we were doing the singing Christmas tree. Oh, yes. And that event, I mean, it was the most fantastic and it is still talked about. Like we, I would just love to be able to do those days again. However, Pastor Wayne and Blair Mills and Carol Rice wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole <laughs> because for them it was ridiculously stressful, almost to the point of not being worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of us that were involved at a lesser, you know, just a participant level, 
um, we had so much fun, and the kids had so much fun, and they would always be part of the choir. I was part of the choir, and the kids that would come, oh, they were running amok. Like, if you could see what was going on back there, these kids, they, it would come for their part to come out on stage and look angelic and sing something about forks and knives or something, and they could be red-faced and sweaty and hardly catching their breath because they had such a good time back there. Mm. Um, those moments together, I think, uh, still are some of our fondest when, mm. when the kids were just kind of uh, on the loose around here playing hide-and-seek in the dark. And um, just family memories mean the most. Mm. Yeah. Well, singing Christmas tree is definitely a trademark of Circle and is very well known in Saskatoon, mm -hmm. very well known. Do you guys have any other stories? I know people see the success part of the, of the production and of mm -hmm. the ministry of that, of that time, but I know it takes a lot of hard work to make all those things happen and all the pieces come together. Is there any stories that... Well, I, I remember uh, Blair and... and um, Wayne would come to my office in the summertime and we'd start pitching ideas. Mm. And these guys had no reverence for anything. <laughs> and some of the ideas were just like crazy. Like you mentioned the, the forks and knives and these, <laughs> these kids dressing up as mice. Uh, it had and no... Little people puppets. Oh my goodness. And I think, oh my goodness, we're going to get in trouble, but this is going to be <laughs> really good. <laughs> And, and then dealing with live animals. I remember oh, um, yeah. um, the donkey every year and Al Beaumont would go pick it up and we had mm -hmm. a veterinarian to help it relax <laughs> and do an enema before showtime. So, you know, those were, those were special times. Well, what probably people don't know either is in the tree, it came from the platform nearly to the ceiling. So there was um, uh, staggered... Uh, platforms and platforms of singers. And what we ended up having to do was actually have a, con a contingency plan, a triage plan, <laughs> because for some of the people that got up into the higher levels and the heat and whatnot, people would faint. Like some of us just killed oh my goodness. <laughs> so we, had, we ended up having this plan where if the person beside you is going down, you very discreetly lower them down, fill in the gap, and there was somebody coming up under the tree to perform like recovery methods and oh get water God. and bring them out. <laughs> A fainting plan. <laughs> A fainting <laughs> plan. And I remember one time particularly, there was always smoke. Smoke always makes a good show. We need the smoke. But somebody turned the smoke on way too much. And I was oh, no. way up high. And there was so much smoke in here. I could not see the audience. I couldn't oh, see the choir director. And we're, we're kind of like, oh, my okay, where, why, what's going on? We were just trying to keep a tune. It was hilarious. Oh, oh man. Good times. It That's... was. It was. And... We got a reputation that it was safe for people who aren't used to church to come, mm -hmm. and they enjoyed the kind of the show, but they also got the message. Yeah. It, was, it was a great season. Mm -hmm. oh, what an amazing story. Now, to allow things like that to happen with the singing Christmas tree takes a lot of creativity, which takes a lot of courage to, to be forward-thinking, to say, yeah, let's do this. Can you tell me a little bit of about that? I think creativity was a value. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we worked with younger staff, uh, they had a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. Some of it can go over the edge, but 
we played along. So <laughs> Sherry uh, was children's minister at the time, had lots of different ideas. So we had Eldon King Live. Yes. We had Eldon's Angels instead of Charlie's Angels. Uh, I remember the Sunday that she came on the platform with some of her cheerleaders, and they were actually uh, the guys dressed up as girls. And it was right at the end of a worship package. And you could just see the awe and shock of the people as they were coming onto the stage. And uh, even with Sherry, I don't think it played out in her mind that way. No, we didn't see it going that way. No, not at all. But, you know... Um, I always wanted kids to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And they learn when they're laughing. Yeah. Mm. And they were engaged and they got the gospel in addition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of even our younger staff, like John, mm -hmm. was part of that. He was a kid growing up and then rose to leadership. And so creativity is really important to get the message across. And just that culture and atmosphere to be able to make mistakes maybe or, or yeah. to push the envelope yeah. and yet to be, to be able to flourish and grow and to learn and to be coached through those experiences. Mm -hmm. Now you've mentioned about... Uh, and that's an important value, Paul, mm -hmm. because it takes older, mature congregants mm -hmm. to accept that. Yeah. You know, we grew up in an era where stodginess was mistaken for godliness hmm. and they could see the value of it and encouraged it and supported us in it uh, we owe a lot to those who went before us yeah mm -hmm. and as we owe to you guys yeah thank you for sharing that mm -hmm. you mentioned about john i do want to make a point as this is going to go live that there are youtube videos of john as a youth here at circle doing dancing wow. doing yes. singing different yes. things so some sign me up for that. Some research on Google and some Googling of John. Maybe we'll find a link and we'll post it for people yes. to check nice. it out on chat and just nice. to see some of his performances. Now I also know that uh, Larry King. No, not Larry King Live. Uh, Elden King Live. Elden King Live. There are videos of that as well. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep try that to. A secret. Well, we'll I wonder if we'll try to find some maybe for <laughs> people to enjoy because they are great. They're creative. Yeah. They're memorable. And they engage people with, uh, with the gospel, with the good right. news of Jesus. And that we can have fun together and be creative and, and connect with people in different ways. So I'm really thankful for that. So that's a little bit of fun stuff. Um, just to continue that ball rolling, this, is, this has been such a rich conversation already so far. But I want to ask you, what advice would you give the next generation of leaders? One thing that comes to my mind is to pay attention to the trends of culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and ask God to give you ways in which to communicate God's story mm. in the culture. Yeah. Don't um, be afraid of the crowd. Don't be afraid of the critics. Do what God is asking you to do. Mm. Find a way to make that old story relevant to today. Mm -hmm. um, we have some great younger leaders mm. coming up the ranks. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I would encourage them and tell them to be bold, take the risks you need to be dependent on God. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I would say, which is kind of obvious and sounds kind of ridiculous, like we all know this, but the older we have gotten and the more of our, the path that we have gone in ministry, the more it is evident that we, we have hardly touched the iceberg of who Jesus is and the mm -hmm. gospel that he brought. Do not ever sit back and think that you know who and what Jesus was about, because I can guarantee you, we don't. Hmm. And through every cycle of life, you find out a new version of him, a new aspect of him. Through the circumstances, you even just your aging process, in your 20s, Jesus and God looked like this. In the 30s, he looks like this. Then things get real crazy in the 40s, and it's like, I don't even know. Like, there is so much to know about Jesus. So I would tell the young people, just be a hound for hmm for trying to discover through reading the stories, even just the parables, even just take your Bible and look at the red letters in it. Just, just study the red letters in your New Testament. Just be a hound for getting to know who Jesus is because you'll find that there's nothing irrelevant about him. In fact, he is so far ahead of us. Hmm. Uh, we think we're, we really invented the wheel and we're so innovative and we're so ahead of every. We're not. Jesus was way out there and we are just barely catching up with him. I, I would say just grab on to the, to the, the edge of his garment. I often have a visual with myself through these ministry days. It's been a wild ride and we're not getting into some of the wild parts, but a visual that, that I have had that, that, I don't know, might just sound crazy, but. Hmm. We have kind of been hanging on to the hem of Jesus' uh, garments, and he has been charging through this city and through this world. Mm -hmm. And we are hanging on, and the dust is flying, and it is a mess, and I, I can't see, and some of the time I'm crying, I can't catch my breath, and he'll just suddenly stop and look back and smile and say, so, how's it going? <laughs> are you coming? I'm coming, I'm coming, and off we go again. Just mm -hmm. never get... Get comfortable if you are not hanging on to hit the edge of his garment and watching the dust fly and seeing what he wants to do. Because he is not boring. He is not, not stagnant. He is way beyond what we are even ready for. But we get to have a little piece of that. Mm. Just lean into it if you're young. You will never waste your life mm. hounding after Jesus to find out what what he's about, what you're about, what the purpose is about, it is so, it is so worthy. Wow. And you touch on something that get outside of your comfortable environments. Mm. That's where you, you see him in a different way, different mm. light. You're experiencing him in a different uh, way than you ever will when you are in, in your comfort zone. Yeah. I think... Um, something that is really critical and we've learned this the hard way we have learned by not doing and we've mm -hmm. learned by doing and at this stage at the age we are and through the ministry through all these years it has become very evident that something that that to me is very critical for the new generation is to stand on the shoulders of the generation that came before. Mm. Every one of us think we've invented the wheel. Right. <laughs> Every In our 30s, we are just all that in a bag of chips. Um, and we think, you know, we, we look at our past church experience and go, oh, I will never do that. And those people acted like this and that. The fact is, that's just in the particulars of the way in their uh, generation 
in, in the, the lifestyle that was demanded of their generation. They had to behave in certain ways, wear a suit, was Christian, all of that sort of thing. It's just the particulars. What isn't the particulars is that no matter what you think of what a previous generation's ministry was, it was built on faith and mm-hmm. God had appointed whoever that was doing a a good job, maybe not a good job or not the job you would do. It doesn't matter. There is a legacy that God leaves of passing on a mantle to generations. And they made sacrifices and they prayed and they gave. Hmm. And had they not done that, we would never be standing here today. And in generations after we're gone, you may not want to do it the way we do it. There could be a shift all the way back and do something else. And you can say, oh, that Elton Bull, I can't believe he, that's fine. What, you know, generations, it's like styles, hairstyles, fashion. You look back at yourself 10, 20 years ago, what was I thinking? You know, you might look back and go, what were they thinking? But the fact of the matter is God was here Mm -hmm. and he was present Mm -hmm. and he was speaking. And we have sacrificed and we have prayed and we have dedicated ourselves to do the best that we can for the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the next generation doesn't have to do what we did, but they will be standing on our shoulders, as will the generation that follows them. I think we just need a real healthy respect in our to our legacy, to our heritage, that we don't have to agree with the way things were done, but we have to acknowledge that God was in it. There was faithful people praying and giving mm. and sacrificing, just as we have. So... Um, you know, have a great time and do do some weird stuff, do some new stuff. But you're able to do that because of uh, the faithful that have come before. And it will carry on. It's yeah. just the cycle of life. And it is wonderful. Yeah. We grew, we gained great inspiration from reading the history of the leaders before us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right from 1933 mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Amazing people yeah. doing innovative things, mm. but always the same heart. Mm. And um, I think there's something to be gained by the laws of origin mm-hmm. and the calling that God had on this church yeah. and how it has played out through the years. Yeah, that's really good. The legacy and standing on the shoulders of giants before us. Mm-hmm. What a great advice. Thank you, mm-hmm. guys. When you look back at your life, what are some of the moments that shaped you when it comes to your ministry vision for this place? Um, I grew up in um, a great home. Good parents. I knew they loved God. Um, my mom was a prayer warrior, so I came from good stock. Hmm. We were part of a, a church, good people, really good people. But there was... Maybe my perspective where I saw that their faith included a religious component. Mm. So there were a lot of do's and don'ts. Sure. And so part of it was that you hung with your own people. Mm. So I was not allowed to play community sports, for example. I couldn't go to my friends' homes from my classroom, Hmm. couldn't go to their birthday parties. I couldn't dance, even though I can't even now dance. Wow, that's why. Yeah, I know, it was hard. (laughs) Uh, So there was a lot of, you know, regulations, rules. Hmm. And um, 
in grade four, there was a girl that moved to the city from an, another province and was living with her uncle and aunt. So I knew there was some brokenness there. And uh, all of the kids were invited to a birthday party, which I could not go to. And part of the birthday party was to go to a movie, which was another You Shall Not. Hmm. Uh, at the birthday party, they went to this movie. So the next week in school, her name was Sandra. Sandra got up for show and tell. And she said, we were at this movie. And I put two and two together as she described it. It must have been a Christian movie. She said at the end of the movie, there was a man at the front of the theater that said, we've talked about a relationship with Jesus. If you'd like a relationship with Jesus, come forward. Mm -hmm. She went forward. The man led her in a prayer to receive Christ. As she was telling this story in show and tell, my heart was pounding. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I have got to get her to church. And then my next thought was, I could never, ever bring her to my church. Wow. It would never accept her wow. and would introduce her to such antithetical concepts from uh, the Christianity that she just embraced. Hmm. So that, to me, was a guiding principle of life. Hmm. When we got into ministry, we said, you know what? There are hundreds of Sandras out there. And this church should be a place where they can come. They could belong before they believe. And God will take them the next way to become what they are intended to become. So Sandra has been my mantra for all these years to create a church that the unchurch loved to attend, hmm. where there would be grace and acceptance, there would be authenticity, that you can be broken and you can be accepted. And so that's really been a defining moment for myself in ministry. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that story. There are so many Sandras that have been part mm -hmm. of Circle because of that vision and mission to care for someone who didn't know Jesus, but to have a place for them to be accepted as they begin their journey and their search. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Paul. It's been Thank a you. pleasure. It has been a pleasure. And I know this is the last weekend in this capacity, but I'm sure I'll be bugging you lots on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to talking to you a lot more. Yeah. Thank you for joining us at Circle. Thank you very much. Now, it's been a an honor and we've been uh we've been privileged yep we've been privileged for sure great we. church yeah. great people yeah thank you